0: Welcome everyone to FF Plus, your outlet for weekly reviews that are simple, short, and spoiler-free. I'm your host, Aaron White, and I'm excited to bring you two new reviews today. First is Haunted Mansion, coming to us from Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. It stars Lakeith Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish, Owen Wilson, Danny DeVito, Rosario Dawson, Dan Levy, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Jared Leto. Is directed by Justin Simeon, written by Katie DePold, and is based on the Haunted Mansion attraction at Walt Disney World and Walt Disney Land. I think it's both. I know it's at Disneyland. I'm not 100% sure it's at Disney World, but I'd be surprised if it wasn't. Cinematography is by Jeffrey Waldron, music is by Chris Bowers, and it is edited by Philip J. Bartell. Runs 122 minutes and is rated PG-13 for some thematic elements and scary action. What's it about? A single mom named Gabby hires a tour guide, a psychic, a priest, and a historian to help exercise her newly bought mansion after discovering it is inhabited by ghosts. Now, if you're familiar with previous adaptations of The Haunted Mansion, there was an Eddie Murphy movie about 20 years ago, a live-action one, that is a lot more slapstick than this particular version. And then I think a couple of years ago, they did a a Muppets special of the Haunted Mansion. And that was fun. It was a cute little gag-filled romp. You know, it's always enjoyable to see the Muppets for one thing. But this is a little different. First of all, it's two hours long, as I mentioned. And I think that it overstays its welcome just a tad. Lakeith Stanfield, however, gives this a really serious air at times, as he is normally in more comedic roles, but he does a good job of interjecting the right amount of jokes and also keeping his character grounded in a very natural way. The story is framed around his character, Ben. Who is an astrophysicist who developed this spectral lens that detects ghosts? And it doesn't really offer anything new to the Haunted House exploration game, but it does modernize the tale and set it in a way that we could believe that this might happen in 2023. Stanfield also ends up carrying the heaviest part of the film's dramatic subplot about grief on his shoulders. He does so beautifully. He is just one of those performers that is an absolute joy to watch. And I really thought that he did a great job of internalizing the pain that comes with having this deep seated grief in you and then struggling to interact with others to come out of your shell and to really like re-enter the world in a meaningful way. I was also really smitten by the performance of Chase W. Dillon. He plays a character named Travis. He is the nine year old son of Rosario Dawson's character. Her character bought this mansion, and this boy is in a wild situation and struggling with being liked at the same time. He's very believable, and he had me caring about him and his safety more than anyone else. We get to learn that. You know, his dad is not in the picture right now and he gets bullied at school and then he has to come home and deal with the fact that he lives in this mansion that is incredibly haunted and is full of various different personalities helping to try and get it free of these ghosts so that they can live peacefully. The film has a great gothic set design. It's got limited visual effects, but they're they're pretty solid. And there are a couple of great nods to the Disneyland attraction. One in particular is when the ride opens up, it takes the cars that you're sitting in and the room looks like it's beginning to stretch vertically so that it gets taller and much, much more deep. And there is a version of that in this movie that I think works really well. And then there's also a joke in here where characters are in some chairs and they get shot out of the house and it looks almost like the chair that they're in is on a rail. And it's very, very similar to the chair cars that you sit in when you're at the ride in Disneyland. So I enjoyed that. Uh, overall. Though it doesn't completely do nearly as much with the premise as I would have enjoyed, the Haunted Mansion has an interesting lore behind it and it does bring that out, but this is so peppered with individual character stories as well that the mansion's backstory doesn't get nearly as much play until towards the end of the film. That being said, I liked the cast overall, not just Stanfield, not just Dylan, but Rosario Dawson is mentioned, she's good, she's solid in here. Danny DeVito, he's hilarious, just an absolute hoot. Owen Wilson, he plays a priest, maybe, who is sent in to do the exorcism and ends up getting Lakeith Stanfield involved as sort of the ghost hunter. Rosario Dawson, um, as I mentioned, she's underused, but very delightful. And then you have Tiffany Haddish who plays a mystic or a medium. And I usually find Tiffany Haddish extremely grating and do not enjoy her at all. But She's serviceable here. She has some some solid moments and she didn't overstay her welcome or grind on my nerves like she usually does. And then there's also a couple of fun parts from Jamie Lee Curtis and some other folks that are in this that I won't quite call out. And then Jared Leto plays the voice and maybe likeness, I can't really tell because it's visual effects of the primary villain or antagonist ghost. And I thought he was great. His voice is properly booming and menacing throughout. I thought he did a really, really good job. Listen, this movie is not going to knock your socks off. It's a little too long, but it's fun. It's a good romp and it's family friendly. So why not take your kids to it and enjoy it? I think it should have been released at Halloween time. I don't know why Disney didn't save this for October. It would have been a perfect kind of counter-programming to all of the normal adult horror that we get, but oh well. Missed opportunity. Either way, I still think it's a fun, good time. Will be enjoyable to go see on a weekend night during the summer as well. Haunted Mansion will be available in theaters on July 28th. Next up, we have the first Slam Dunk from G-Kids via Toei Company. It stars the voices of Shugo Nakamura, Jun Kasama, Shinichiro Kamiyo, Subaru Kamura, and Kinta Miyaki. It is written and directed by Takahike Inu, who also was responsible for the Japanese sports manga series Slam Dunk, of which this is an adaptation of. Cinematography by Shinsuke Nakamura, music by Satoshi Takebe and Takuma Mitamura, and it is edited by Ryuchi Takida. It runs 124 minutes and is rated PG-13 for language violence and thematic elements. What's it about? The story follows Ryota Miyagi, a 17-year-old boy who is trying to accomplish his late elder brother's dream of becoming a basketball star. Now, I'm a big fan of basketball in general. And I'm also a big fan of sports drama films. So, this movie was already something that was likely going to work for me. Throw in that I'm a huge anime film fan as well and sure enough, this did not disappoint one little bit. As I said, the story is about Ryota Miyagi. He initially is shown to us as a child he's playing basketball with his brother we kind of get to know them a little bit and then his brother ends up disappearing to go off on a fishing trip and that's the last we see of him until some flashbacks later in the film we then get an awesome awesome opening animation and I just have to point this out where the film Starts off by showing one character kind of sketched and hand drawn in black and white pencil. And they're very static at first, but then once they're fully sketched out, that character comes animated to life and starts walking towards the screen. And then that continually happens with each of four more characters until you have all five starters of the basketball team sketched out, walking towards the frame. And then they become colored in, and then the title shows, and it's just really, really eye-popping, and it it has great energy. And then, boom, it drops us into the basketball game. First, I'll talk about the animation and how this handles kind of portraying the game of basketball in that medium. So first of all, it is fantastic. It is a mixture of computer-generated and hand-drawn styles that I think give a real physicality and they capture the speed and also the human emotional element of real-life athletes and players. It is kinetic and dynamic and it is is very, very exciting. It features a lot of little great details about the game of basketball, like the sound design of a ball hitting the backboard with a plunk and the backboard shaking briefly. It also gets the sounds right of the pop of the net when a ball goes straight through that swish sound or the clang of the rim when a ball bounces off and doesn't go in. It's complete with judgmental fans in the stands that are sitting there complaining about the refs and complaining about the player's effort. It's got smack talk between players on the court. It's got little things like a player slapping the floor after a good play, like getting down into his stance and ready to be in a, in a prepared defensive manner. It does a great job of bringing up actual basketball strategy and using the camera work or I guess the animation here to express actual basketball plays and the way that footing and balance and positioning work in order to be successful. Then it shows tactics. Shows like coaches uh, who are trying to get their team to follow their directions versus players that are out there freestyling and doing their own thing. It also handles a little bit of the psychology of overcoming a big deficit, aka usually you try to get it in your head that you just need to get the lead down to X amount of certain points in a certain amount of time versus trying to think in the big picture of like, I need to make up 20 points all at once because you can quickly get yourself out of the moment if you do that. And this anime really hones in and gets that right about basketball. It just delivers totally on the in-game tension that a sports drama should. I was riveted throughout it and I really appreciated that. And I just thought it looked freaking phenomenal with just a slight amount of exaggeration of characters, you know, jumping up to make really emphatic blocks or dunks. It's an anime, so you gotta do that, but they never feel like they're out of NBA jam or like superheroes playing basketball. The story itself starts in the middle of a high school playoff game. These two teams are trying To become national champions. One is the protagonist's team, Ryota. They are the underdog school, Shohuko. And the talent-filled, already champions, more athletically gifted, Sano is their rival. And I'm probably butchering those names, so I completely apologize. But once we start showing some basketball, we get into Ryota's head and we begin flashing back to him playing youth ball, to him struggling with the pressure uh, and the expectations of others for him to be as good as his brother was. His brother was extremely talented. And then in general, just we start to learn about what it was like for him growing up, how his mom wanted to clear out his brother's stuff after he must have passed away. But Ryota was determined to keep his brother's number seven jersey and to wear it. He wants to wear his brother's armband or wristband, I should say, that was very important to him. He keeps his brother's shoes in his closet. We learn that he was beat up and bullied as a child. And then we learn a little more about his brother as well and how one of his biggest dreams was to beat this mighty Sano high school that was like a powerhouse in their region. Personally, I think that the narrative format works brilliantly here to depict the kind of thoughts that can go inside your head when you're in the middle of a competition like this. These things take place over the course of a game like it slows down when you're actually part of it and you're not just a fan watching it. You can sit back and and be a viewer and you're thinking that these plays are all happening so fast, but for someone on the court, each one can honestly feel like a lifetime. And so It's just an exhilarating way to tell this story as it navigates back and forth between showing us the progression of the game, full of twists and reveals about different players. Those are the kinds that sports fan movie lovers expect and enjoy. I personally just really like sports that center on high school competition because when you're at high school, the kids aren't usually going to be come the best. They are trying to have a memorable moment and achieve some kind of success that they're going to remember literally for the, the rest of their lives. It's like becoming a hometown hero. It's a, it's a singular event about proving yourself versus becoming the best ev- that ever was to do it and super famous. Now, Ryota definitely wants to overcome his deficiencies athletically and talent-wise to become professional, but it still feels grounded like most high school sports stories do. And it's not just about Ryota either and his tragic backstory and his overwhelming determination. Some of his teammates, Sakuragi, Rukawa, Akagi, and Mitsui, they have their own arcs within the game as well. And we get to learn a little bit about them. One of them actually has to battle literal inner demons on the court in a very anime movie type of scene that was not overdone. And it was really fun. And I enjoyed that a lot. And then we get a little bit about Ryota's relationship with his mom and also some of his teammates that, and how they became interacted in the past. And then also some about his rivals even on the opposing team. We learn a little bit about one of them in particular. And ultimately, it's feel-good story. It's about, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. I just it's something that gets your blood pumping and it's rousing. It's backed by a great musical score. It's incredibly energetic during the basketball sequences and emotionally moving during times of the past when we're showing characters' grief. And then one scene blew me away. There's this phenomenal use of dead silence in the film during a pivotal moment that it captures something we're very used to seeing in a way rarely experienced, and it's really special. I was blown away by this movie. I loved it. I can't wait to see it again. G Kids is releasing both the original Japanese language and also an English dub version in theaters on July twenty eighth And I am hoping to get tickets to see it. And I really do recommend anybody that's a fan of sports dramas, basketball movies, basketball in general, animation, anime films. This is something you cannot miss. Usually these films are only in theaters for a limited time. So don't wait. Again, in theaters on July 28th. Well, that's it for this episode of FF Plus, thank you so much for listening. As always, you find links to our social media sites, my personal ones, and the ones for the show, all in the show notes of each and every episode. Please follow us, come interact with us, hit us up. Let me know what you thought about these movies when you get a chance to see them. I love to chat, I'd love to hear your opinions. You can join the Feelin' Film Facebook discussion group. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please share it with a friend. Share it on social media. Let other people know about it. Leave us a five-star review even on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Write us some nice words. Those things always brighten our day and make us feel good. I'll be back soon. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling filmed.